You're listening to Great Relationships. Hello, I'm Deborah, and I found myself at 17, married, and realizing that I had no tools in my toolbox. If you're married, I hope my story helps you avoid ever going through the pain of divorce. If you're single, hopefully it's going to give you food for thought prior to marriage. And if you've already experienced divorce and you're listening today, I know you already have your own story of God's work in your life. Whether we realize it or not. Hello, I'm Paul Moore. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, and love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And right now, that was Herman Even and Herman, while we're still up front, before we talk about leaving home without tools and what God's doing in our lives, whether we realize it or not, would you pray for us? Lord, we do thank you so much that you have provided all the tools that we need, not only for just uh, these type of situations, but for all of life and for all of the way that we need to be living. Thank you for that. And we thank you for this opportunity to communicate your truth to uh, so many people in your precious name. Amen. Amen. And hallelujah. Thank you, Herman. Deborah, you said right up front that when you left home, you left without a set of tools. That's right. I married early. And of course, there was a lot of conflict in that marriage. I didn't have the tools to be able to deal with that conflict. How early did you get married? I was 17. Wow. Um, Early. Yeah, that is very early. What was it that made you get into that marriage and then find out that it wasn't the right marriage? I think basically I was just looking for love. Mm -hmm. I thought that was reciprocated. Yeah. I found myself pregnant prior to our planned wedding date. So Mm -hmm. we moved up the date and married and very quickly found out that there was conflict in that marriage that I didn't know how to deal with. So you went into the marriage thinking you knew how to do this stuff? Sure. Yeah, I guess we all do, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. When I was 17, I knew everything. You could tell me nothing. So you end up getting married, and then what happens? Well, we divorced when my child was eight weeks old. Eight weeks old, eight my weeks. goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After you get divorced, give me a little bit more of your story so the people can hear it. Well, here I was, single, a mom, trying to raise a child, and I was just trying to have fun. I think at that point in life, I was not a good mom, Mm -hmm. I will say that. I didn't know much about doing that either. And for the next probably four years, I just did life the way the world does life. Out partying. Out partying, Mm -hmm. out doing everything that that you do, that you're just having a good time. I want to fill in the blanks that I don't understand. And I think I've heard you tell me that you've grown up in church. I had. You grew up in church. It's not like Johnny was going off to war, you're 17, you're getting married. No, you grew up in church. This was somebody that you thought you wanted to marry. Yes. And I believed going into marriage that you only married once. Mm. Even though I was raised in church, I never understood about personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, the older I got, all the rules weren't much fun. And so I was, I was rebellious. Uh, I'm sure being married at 17 was part of that rebellion. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand all that. So married, divorced, and with a child, so you felt emancipated by the world standards to go do what you wanted. Yes, yes. So did that lead to a good relationship the next time, or did that lead to something I thought it did, uh going into it. Yeah, it looked like a great relationship. It looked like it on uh the outside, and he was the opposite of my first husband, so I thought this has to be a better thing. That is so typical, by the way. That is so typical. If this is the type of man that I divorced, I've got to go look for this type, and, mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't solve anything. And it anything. doesn't work. Yeah. And I still found myself not able to deal with conflicts mm. and not really understanding relationships and mm-hmm. how they work. That marriage lasted two years, 
and then probably went out of that marriage just a little more bitter, mm. certainly very hurt, confused. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the idea of conflict. Was that something that happened a lot in your family system before you got into marriage, or no. was it dealt with correctly? How no, did, how did actually, you think about that? We, we never saw our parents argue growing hmm. up. I don't remember ever seeing my parents really have an, an argument and work through it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when we were angry about anything, we were sent off to deal with that on our own. And so there was never really process that you went through of trying to resolve your conflict mm -hmm. and, and still come to a good end. Mm -hmm. And in each of those marriages, once the conflict started, my idea was you have to get away from that. Interesting. Interesting. So you developed a mindset that said, if there is conflict, it must be close to over because married couples apparently don't have conflict. Exactly. Wow. That's actually fairly normal, <laughs> by the way. In fact, one of the things that I learned from one of my mentors, Dr. Marlon Howe, you know, yes. Hope for the Family, yes. that uh, originally a lot of this stuff came from. He specifically proposed to couples that they need to learn how to fight correctly so that they literally did their fighting in front of their kids. <laughs> <laughs> Not to promote fighting, but to promote how to fight exactly. correctly. Now, wait a minute. I've read the Gospels, and it says, love others as you love yourself. <laughs> Doesn't have another sentence that goes, and fight correctly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that really is an interesting concept to, to think about. So here you are. Going into a relationship, you didn't have the tools to resolve conflict, and you get into two marriages. Did that lead to something good? Did you learn from that second marriage? You know, it's hard for me to go back at this point and figure out what I might have learned. I think at that point in life, I really wasn't thinking I needed to learn anything. Mm. I thought it was his fault. Interesting. I just was not connecting the fact that it might be my fault. Mm-hmm. Boy, that is so normal, too. That's one of the typical things that we talk about a lot, pointing the finger at somebody else and saying, you know, if you would mm -hmm. just, exactly. then my life would be better. Exactly. But don't we find mutuality even in blame? It's all him. It's well, all sure. him. Or rather mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have less chance to go to mutuality in blame because <laughs> blame <laughs> is focused on them more often than not. So here you are thinking that he's the problem. What happened to your life at, at the point of your uh, second divorce? What happened to your life then? Well, it was pretty crazy. By that time, my child was, uh, I guess, six or seven years old. And um, I was just kind of throwing myself into trying to raise him and trying to support myself, take care of myself. Mm -hmm. A few years later, I met someone else and we married. He, again, was unlike the first two. Mm -hmm. So I thought everything was going to work out and mm -hmm. uh, it didn't. And actually the problems in that marriage were worse, much worse than the first two. Uh, that marriage lasted just a few months. Mm. And I came out of that marriage very, very bitter, mm -hmm. a very angry mm. woman. May I ask approximately what age you were at this point in time? What, 27? I was 28. 28 at that time. So wow. I've had three marriages by the time I was 28. 28. And my parents have divorced. Mm -hmm. My dad actually passed away that same year. Mm. So life was just wow. very confusing, very hard, very yeah. difficult. And I was just mad. Yeah. Here you are not knowing how to deal with conflicts. 
Mm. running through multiple conflicts, running away from them. And now you are on your own again. What was your mindset toward men? What was your mindset toward life? You said you're just angry, right? I was angry, but, you know, my mindset was I'm going to hurt and use everybody I can. Mm. Wow. Let's, let's, Let's talk about that right after the break. I mean, that is such a great place to go. Uh, because that is that is so typical of us to to move into a mindset of uh, vengeance or just mm. I've got to get my way in some form. Paul? Divorced three times, angry, and with children. Yep, I'm going to be a purple people eater. Mm-hmm. And I think about it at the age of 28. It took me a few years mm. to get there, but mercy sakes. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. GreatRelationships.com is the website. GRNumeratRelationships.com. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Great thoughts for great relationships. Knowing and practicing this definition of love is the key to all good relationships. Love is seeking the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Hello, this is Jim Leisher, founder of HOT, which stands for Honor Our Troops. On Our Troops began when I started sending care packages to my son who was serving in Afghanistan with the 501st Airborne. Chad told me about so many others that were not receiving anything in the mail by letter or care package from home. Since then, we have sent over 38,000 care packages to men and women serving in the armed forces around the globe. One story involves Sergeant David Perez, whose wife signed him up in one of our community outreach events. Here's David to tell you about it. Every time I received a care package from HOT, it was like Christmas for me and my soldiers. Receiving the package and the thank you and the support it represented boosted morale and opened a door to share the love of Christ. You can imagine the power of unconditional love. To learn more about sponsoring a corporate or community event, or if you would like to participate directly by sending a package, visit us online at www.hot-honorourtroops.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. We're here with the lady in black. No, it's actually Deborah. And I want to thank the Women's Bible Study at Midland Bible Church in Midland, Texas. And we hope that the series of programs and the speakers that Renee has let us borrow from her Bible study will encourage your body of believers to do the same. And if you don't belong to a body and you don't know someone else that's a Bible-believing church, you know what? We have our website, greatrelationships.com, grnumeratrelationships.com. Go there, click on the radio tab. There's an MP3 file you can listen to, share as you wish. 
But before the break, I was talking to somebody we're finally referring to as the woman in black who might have been looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> and I, I was that woman, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, it takes a lot of courage for somebody like you to be talking about their past, especially when other family members are involved and things of that nature. It takes a lot of courage, and that's one of the keys of this current series at NBC to uh, let the secrets out because they end up having power over you. So I, I really appreciate your courage that you're taking just to share this with us. So here you are at the age of 28, been married and divorced three times, and you're basically angry. Take us on from there and, and show us what, what's going on. I was very angry and hurt. And my mindset at that point was just try to hurt as many men as I could and get what I could get out of every relationship without getting too involved. Mm-hmm. That's where I went. And uh, probably the next five or six years were mostly just diving into the world and all the world's ways, trying to find everything I could to make myself feel better. How did you show your anger in these relationships that you were getting into? Just taking advantage of them or was it just Mostly being mean just to them? Mostly just taking advantage, not being mean. I don't think I'm a mean-spirited person it at doesn't heart. Stri- you don't strike me that way. No, it was just mostly taking advantage, kind of like the world. You're just having a good time, mm-hmm. not getting too involved, mm-hmm. yet getting involved to the point that you get your need met, but not allowing them to get into your heart. Yeah. I was really guarding my heart. That makes sense. Yeah. So you didn't trust any of these relationships. Oh, no. I didn't trust men. Yeah, that makes total sense. You didn't trust men. You weren't interested in them for the relationship. You were interested in what you could get out of that relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes that was a trip. Sometimes that was financial aid. It could have been anything that helped me along Mm -hmm. that path. And I was in a huge self-protect mode. So how long did this go before you started changing your mind and changing your thinking? Because you were at 28 and you went, what, months, years, decades? Several years. (laughs) (laughs) It was a few years. It's Um, a few years. I was actually 33. 33. Before things started turning around. Wow. So what happened to create kind of an upward swing here at 33? Well, Even along the way, there was something in my mind that said, you know, things are not as great as you would like them to be. Mm. And having been raised in the church, occasionally I would sneak back in, uh, sit in the back, and actually feel worse when I left because I'm sure the Holy Spirit was really convicting me Mm -hmm. of my lifestyle and just everything in my life. But I would still just periodically sneak in, sneak out, never get involved, never talk to anyone. I still at that point wasn't seeking any help, mm-hmm. no counsel. You obviously knew something was wrong or you wouldn't I be did. going to church. I did. And so you knew you didn't have the tools, but weren't willing to take advantage of just being vulnerable to ask somebody. I remember a, a really sweet couple who lived down the street from us, and they asked to take my child to church. Hmm. Now, that's funny. That was a question I was going to ask. When you were sneaking into church, were you taking your son with you, or you were just popping in alone? I wasn't. I was going alone, but they would come every Sunday, pick him up, and take him to church. And there was a point where he asked to be baptized. Hmm. And so that really got me thinking about, 
okay, he wants to be baptized. He wants to go to church, and I'm not in church. Mm-hmm. And so that was really maybe the starting point of when I started figuring out I need to get back. Give me a, an approximate here. Was that two or three years? It Were was you 35, 35, 36 at no, this time? No, it was, it was actually prior to that when that started happening. Mm-hmm. So at 33, I started really losing everything that was important to me mm. through all that process. And I know now that God was just stripping away everything that I was holding on to. That was my job. It was a relationship I was in. My finances were in shambles. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything was kind of falling apart mm-hmm. except one area. And I was an avid exercise buff at that time. And mm-hmm. um, I spent hours in a gym. And then I lost my workout partner mm-hmm. and went along for a few months without a partner and realized I couldn't keep doing that. But, you know, at the time, even that was satisfying something in me. Yeah. And when I lost my partner, there was another girl there who I really had nothing in common with. But God put us together, and she was uh, from Catholic background. And so we started reading Scripture together. Wow. Through the process of a few months, we finally decided to start trying to find a church mm-hmm. and through the summer we visited every church in our city <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <And> cool. <laughs> so you can imagine us going to all these different denominations not having a clue what we were really doing i've heard of two women surfing bars i've never heard of two <laughs> women surfing every church in the summer that's we really cool were. <laughs> and at the end we we finally narrowed it down to three different churches middle bible church happened to be one of those and we started there and never left, hmm. and that's wow. been 30 years ago. Bless uh, God. Amen. amen. That's, so. that's terrific. So at this point in time, when you finally showed up at the church, besides obviously reading God's Word, were there other things that you were exposed to? That, oh, to, there were many things. Yeah. You know, I walked in there <clears throat> with a lot of baggage, mm-hmm. to say the least, and I was welcomed by everyone in that church. I think most people knew the place I had been and where I was even at that point, and they still loved me. Now, why would they know that? Were you were you a known commodity to most of those people? <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> I just Maybe that's more in my thinking than it was theirs. Yeah, but, it probably is. Um, I quickly began to be pretty free with my story. Mm. Uh, our church was very small back then, and mm-hmm. so... It, it was, was easy to Easier tell the to story. be vulnerable. Yes. Okay. I still would sit in the back of the church... And I remember the first time I saw a husband put his arm around his wife, and I thought it was a joke. Really? I was so intrigued. And I would sit Sunday after Sunday and watch these men love on their wives. In church. In church. Something I had never witnessed. And of course, I hadn't witnessed that in my family growing up. And so I began this, I guess, a process of reading scripture and trying to get to know these people and pretty quickly realized it wasn't a put on, it wasn't for show, it was real. Hmm. And they loved each other in a way that I had not known. Hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, Hmm. the first passage the Lord took me to to help me really understand what love was. Mm -hmm. And I had never had that. Yeah. So it was just, God was just putting all these pieces together for me. That happened over a series of, I don't know, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then at the time, Great Relationships was under the name of Hope for the Family. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to that back then. That was a three-day weekend, a very intense video series. Mm-hmm. The first night, 
talked about how God instituted marriage, what he thought about marriage, why you married, uh, my role in a, as a wife in marriage. And I remember going home from that first night just sobbing. Hmm. And, I, you know, I know, of course, I was already forgiven. Right. But just to understand the depth of my sin mm. and understand that all that I had done wrong, mm-hmm. it wasn't him, it was me mm. <laughs> for the first time. So it doesn't sound like it was very much hope. That you there was <laughs> no hope. I absolutely had no hope that first night. And how I crawled back up there the next day, I'm not still sure. But That's, all, that's you, all a God thing. It right? was a God thing. It was a God thing. And, yeah. you know, I left that weekend with hope. Neat. That maybe God is going to turn this around. He can turn my life around, really. Let's, let's grab he, that right after the break. Then. He does and he can. Yeah. He has. We are redeemed. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a T-shirt said, I'm the wretch the song is about. A good Christian friend of mine walked up with a permanent marker and, <laughs> you were the wretch that the song is yeah. about. Great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others as better than himself. Philippians 2, 3. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love, or in this case, we're chasing after that woman in black who God's chasing after her. So you went to this Hope for the Family program, and you were really convicted by how shallow the understanding was you had of what God had intended for you and for others through you. That's right, Paul. You know, I would just say that, you know, it would have been so easy for me to go that first night especially after I realized just the depth of my sin, and I was so ashamed. It would have been so easy to just not go back mm-hmm. and just punt the rest of the weekend. I think I could have rationalized in my mind at that time that, hey, you'd be okay, nobody would mind. Well, it was easier for me all the time to either be a victim or be unworthy, and exactly. that was my exit. Exactly. And, you know, as I've said before, my 
mode of operating in my life was when things got rough, you left. Mm. And so I'm so thankful that I didn't quit. I knew that at that point that I needed to be accountable. I needed that accountability person. I needed to be around healthy married people if I was going to figure this out. And this course seemed to be uh, the first step that God was using to help me figure that out. Okay, so you weren't taking this course to get into yet another relationship. You were actually taking this class to heal, to stop. I was trying to heal. I was trying to figure out what I'd done wrong. Yeah, and what's so interesting about the dichotomy right there is you had stated earlier that you always left in the past, and now you decided to come back not only to hope for the family, but apparently you had already made some of those decisions because you were continuing to come back to church, too. Exactly. So some, it, somehow that growth was going on there? Is that? It was. You know, when God got a hold of me, I was his. Mm. I sold out. I was one of these complete reversals. Everything in my life changed for the better. And I knew it was better, even though it was going to be hard figuring all of that out. I was his and he was mine and I was not going anywhere. Mm. And I knew (laughs) he had placed me at Midland Bible Church without a doubt. I knew I was there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And the people that were there were who I needed to be around. Is this a Cinderella story that um, <laughs> once you got out of hope for the family, you, 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 fa- you found, you found <laughs> the, the, the right guy and all this other, is that, is that how it I, worked? I always tell people I have the perfect husband and that's Jesus Christ. So well, good for I you. did find that. <laughs> I have stayed single all these years. Mm. But, so so in know, some, pe- some people's minds, this, this hasn't worked. That's what would be going on in some people's minds. That but it that, hasn't that, worked? Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, It's worked. And, you know, even as much as I figured out on that weekend, I still had a lot to learn. Mm. And I still have a lot to learn. I'm not not through. God's not through with me. Wait a minute. You mean you don't get a diploma? You don't just arrive? I don't think so. Not yet. Not this side of heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I love where you are in the story at this point in time. There's a lot more to unpack. We obviously aren't going to get it done today, right, Paul? The issue is, I love that one thing, because there's a common pattern in life, which basically says, I was living this way, this happened, and now I live this way. And the this in your story is not the bad this. The bad this is lies and deception. Yes. The good this is truth and reality. Exactly. And what you have told us about in your story is that the this is accountability, It's time for me to stop running Mm. from the truth or stop running from relationships and start figuring out how to be in the relationship and deal with tough issues. That's That's what it sounds like. And, you know, even at that point, as that I understood all of that, there were still things God was going to take me through. I still will say, even today, after all these years, there's still this tendency in me to run. Mm Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem to go away for some reason. But as I've been accountable and as I've learned truth and God has worked in so many ways in my life, I realize that's wrong thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you stated there is really important for all of us to remember. The patterns that you develop early on mm. kind of become part of your sin nature. Mm. And those become the strongholds for Satan to use to try exactly. to derail us, to go back to the way we were. So easy to rationalize that it's okay. Yeah, it? because it, it worked for me or it seemed to work for me. Right. And you just don't live in truth at those points exactly. in time. Yeah, I, that's a great thing to remind us that Romans 7 is real. 
yes. that the things I don't want to do, I'm going to go do them. And the things I want to do, I'm not going to do them because I'm living in the flesh rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to convict me and just do what's right at the time. Yes. And that's what you seem to be uh, recognizing here, this accountability. Here's the one thing I'd like you to just grab. If you can't hear anything else, here's the one thing I'd like you to just take from my story. Well, I think more than anything that you're not a second-class citizen because you've been divorced, mm-hmm. that you still fit in to God's plan, that he can still actually take all of your past and he can work it together for good. Mm-hmm. And he certainly has in my life. That's awesome. That really is. It also seems mm-hmm. like that idea of being accountable and in recognizing your blind spots fits yes. into this in a big way, too. Yes. You know, stop running from things and start running toward God Yes, is, a, uh, is a, another interesting thing. I love those statements. Paul, take us, take us out of here. I will. Thank you both very kindly. My issue's always been that when I'm hungry, I got in a state where I was eating poison. It would cure the hunger, mm. but I didn't realize mm. it was killing me, and I'd mm. go back for seconds and thirds. So we sincerely hope that you're learning But the real issue, if you heard Debbie talking, is discipleship. So we ask you to get into a mentoring relationship and a Bible-believing church. This is Great Relationships. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Have you ever had days like this? (laughs) Neither have we. That's why we recommend great relationships. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, kindly, patiently, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.